It's been in the plan all along. A plan from beginning to end. That we have been written into by the master architect. Our responsibility to sow where we are with what we've been given to take our place and play our part right now to sow joy peace generosity love salvation into the fabric of humanity Our participation in the plan is our refusal to miss the extraordinary gift to be a part of what he is building. We believe God has called Celebration to be a multi-campus, multi-city church so we will constantly invest in and build that vision, not only here in Jacksonville, but throughout Florida and the world. We're amazed at the way God has moved and multiplied his plans for Jacksonville since the Arena Campus opened almost two years ago. Across all of our campuses, we've seen countless new visitors, thousands of salvations, and lives changed forever. Back in September, we also saw God's vision for our church even further realized as Celebration Church Orlando officially launched. Over 350 people attend service at this campus each week. Community groups have launched. We've done a number of local outreaches and much more. Church, we thank you for the pivotal part you played in the successful launch of this campus. Because of your generosity, we've seen God do what only He can do in the lives of those who've stepped through the doors of Celebration Orlando. We know that this is just the beginning of the church and community of believers God is building. Looking forward to 2015 here in Jacksonville, we hope to officially purchase an $800,000 piece of land in Orange Park that will one day be the site of a 1,000-seat sanctuary. The land is located right off 295 and will reach 255,000 households in the surrounding area, including NAS Jack's military family homes. This land and future sanctuary will double the capacity of their current building, creating more space for more people in the Orange Park community to experience what we're all about here at Celebration, the freedom, love, joy, and salvation offered through Jesus. On December 7th, we will wrap up our 2014 Heart for the House giving commitments as a church. That day, we will also be collecting 2015 faith estimates for what God has put on your heart to contribute to our church's 2015 initiatives. Please join us in continuing to pray for God's grace and favor in these initiatives. We thank you for being a part of not only bringing the good news of Jesus to the city of Orlando, but to even more people right here at home in Jacksonville. How is everybody doing today? Great to see you guys. Come on, will you please help me welcome all of our locations. Want to greet Orange Park and St. John's. Want to say hello to Orlando, all of those uh, locations watching online. We're so glad that you're with us today. And come on, how about that land for our Orange Park campus? Is that absolutely amazing? 
I know you guys are really excited and, and I will be at our Orange Park campus, not this Sunday night, but next Sunday night and uh, casting some vision and giving uh, a few more details about that land, but right off of uh, 295 there. Wouldn't it be awesome if God gave us locations all around the Beltway, all around 295, where we could surround this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and his message and his love. Amen. Come on, give me my hand clap for that. We're believing God for that. And as you saw there, you know, uh, thank you for giving to Orlando. I mean, they are doing fantastic. Uh, 350 people, and it's like they are growing every single uh, week. And uh, just really, God's doing some great things down there where we are in our legacy series. And just to give you a little bit of review from last week, just in case you weren't here, legacy. A lot of times when we think of terms of legacy, we think like, you know, yeah, when I'm older, maybe I'll leave some money to my kids or grandkids if I have any or something like that. But really, legacy is, is something much bigger and much more powerful than that. And all of us are building a legacy and all of us will leave something behind. We will pass on something to, to, to the generation and to our family and our kids behind us. A definition from legacy is simply something handed down or passed down from an ancestor, ancestor or a predecessor or from uh, the past. And we, we talked about Stovall's definition that's basically, it's what you leave behind from who you are what you leave behind from who you are. And we're looking at the five laws of legacy. And last week, we looked at the first law of legacy that basically says we reap only what has been, been sown. Everybody say only. In other words, what you're reaping today is the product of what others have sown and, and what you have sown yourself. You can't reap anything that has not been sown by someone else or you know, there's things in your life that you can't reap unless you sow them yourself. And of course, a great spiritual uh, uh, illustration of this is the only reason that we can have reap the benefits of salvation and eternal life is because God sowed his own son, Jesus Christ. Come on, aren't you glad that God sowed Jesus? into the earth and his sacrifice on the cross and we're reaping uh, everlasting life through believing in that. So law one, we reap only what has been sown. And a few things that we said about that was there's no lasting legacy without God that everyone leaves a legacy. Everyone, you're gonna pass part of who you are to the next generation and to those around you. Everyone leaves a legacy and also so, so important. A legacy is built by our conduct, not our intentions. Legacy is built by our conduct, not by our intentions. And we kind of ended last week with this quote, uh, this, this saying here, and that is this. If you sow a thought, you reap an act. Sow a thought, you reap an act. If you sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. And you sow a character, you reap a legacy. So this is where we're going in this series, understanding the power of our decisions and our actions and those types of things. And so we're gonna get into uh, law two today. And the scripture I wanna read to you is uh, Galatians chapter six, verses seven through 10. And we got into this scripture some last weekend and it's kind of the theme of this series, Galatians six, chapter seven. <laughs> Galatians 6, <laughs> verse 7, getting tongue-tied there. 
Now that's not, I was not praying in tongues there. I was just trying to, all right. If that was my prayer language, y'all need to come and lay hands on me. Something's wrong. It's, it's not that. Okay, look. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever. It's all inclusive. inclusive. It's anything and it's everything. If you sow it, you will reap it. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, everybody say opportunity. Therefore, as we have opportunity, when you have the opportunity to sow good, to do good, to do a good work, to do an act of kindness, as we have opportunity, let us do good, especially to your pastor. Man, I'm just, sometimes the Bible does not say what I want it to say, but no, it says especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're going to get into the second law of legacy here today, and I've entitled this message, A Walking Warehouse. A Walking Warehouse. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Jesus, I humble myself. Just help me be a, a lampstand today, Jesus, that can hold you up, that you can shine through, Lord, is so we can understand this powerful, dynamic principle that permeates every area of our life. We give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So here we go. Law number one was we reap only what has been sown. Law number two is we reap the same in kind as we sow. We reap the same in kind as we sow. Now let me define in kind. What that means, we reap the same in nature and in proportion to what we sow. We reap the same in nature and in proportion to what we sow. In other words, the very thing that we sow and the amount or the measure that we sow that thing, that is gonna determine that how much of that thing we get back. But it will be that same kind. Let me give you kind of where God initiated this right from the beginning. Let me give you a couple of scriptures out of the book of Genesis where God's you know, creating the garden and of course the six days of creation. Look what God says here in Genesis 1.12. It says, And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, look, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. Do you see that there? Whose seed is in itself according to its kind. That means that seed, that kind of seed, is going to produce that kind of tree or fruit or harvest. Okay? And God saw that it was good. Now look at Genesis chapter one, verse 21. It says, look, so God created great sea creatures. Thank God for Shamu. And although he's a killer. No, I'm just kidding. He's, and every living thing that moves. Look, with which the waters abounded. Thank God for fish. I like to fish. According, look, according to their kind, Okay. Redfish seed produces redfish. Speckled trout seed produces speckled trout. Flounder seed produces flounder. Those are the fishes I like to catch and eat. All right, so look, and every winged bird, duck, 
geese, quail. So Pastor Stovall can hunt them and eat them according to its kind. Can y'all tell that hunting season has started or it's right around the corner? And God saw that it was good. Okay, so now let's look at Genesis chapter one, verse 25. Once again, it's the same kind. God made the beast of the earth according to its kind. Look, cattle, aren't you glad for cattle? Aren't you glad, you know how we get more cow? We get every cow that exists, it comes from a seed. I'm looking forward to eating a lot of steak over the holidays. I thank God for the seed of cattle that we can have more cattle. Look, God made the beast of the earth. He made deer, he made uh, caribou, he made um, antelope, he made hog. Listen, I wore camo all weekend because I'm excited about hunting. So y'all are just gonna have to deal with a little excitement from your pastor because I'm ready to hunt. I know what some of y'all are like, I just wish he wouldn't, he'd stop talking about all those animals and hurting them and killing them and being mean to those animals. Now listen, you, 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 you enjoy your bacon. You enjoy your bacon. You let pastor do the dirty work, okay? You let pastor, <laughs> let pastor do the dirty work. Somebody has got to fill up the measure of suffering, as the apostle Paul says, so that you can enjoy your bacon. But do you see here, look what it says. Look, on the, according to its kind, everybody say it's kind. I'm just showing you in every situation of plants and animals and everything else, it's, it's produced according to the seed that you sow, it will only produce or what will be reaped is that same kind and that same nature. Now look what God says, okay? Genesis chapter one, verse 28 and 29. Okay, God blessed them. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hunt them, eat them. Don't let them overpopulate the earth and take over. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm pro-animal, big time. I only eat what I need. And maybe a little bit more. And then, <laughs> I'm a dog lover. I even like cats. I'm pro-animal. Okay, I'm just saying, okay. You wanna go pro-animal? I'll go pro-animal with you. I'm all for, let's save the snow owl. Let's save the spotted seagull. I'm in it. All right, so 29. And God said, look, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed. So every, every herb, that's why if your name is Herb, you kind of belong to, if you're Herb, we need to use you. No, no, it's not Herb, it's Herb. And God says, see, I've given you. <laughs> you ever read that, that word herb like that? You want to say herb, right? Like herb, like I know a guy named Herb. I, that's what I'm thinking of, herb. He's giving me herb. No. See, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the ground of all the earth. Watch. And every tree whose fruit yields seed. Look, it shall be for food. Okay, so this is real interesting what God tells Adam and Eve, and it's the same thing he tells, them, uh, he tells us this today, but with a huge spiritual component this. So naturally, here's what God's saying. Hey, Adam and Eve, I've created all of these things, 
But what I'm doing to you is now I'm giving you this seed to sow. Because from now on, if you or your family or someone, you know, I mean, I know they hadn't been kicked out of the garden yet and all that, but what God was basically saying is if you go to a place and you want some fruit and you want some crops and you want all this, I'm not just gonna come down and magically create fruits and crops anymore. No, I've already created those things. The way that you're gonna get a harvest of fruit or a harvest of grain or a harvest of anything is I've given you the seed, you have to go what? Sow it. You have to sow it. If you wanna reap fruit, you're gonna have to sow that. It goes the same thing. I'm not just gonna create more humans like I did you from the dust of the ground and all that. No, I've, I've given within you, Adam, the seed. And you and Eve and coming together. Listen, you are here today because of your parents' seed. All right, your dad's seed. Okay, I'm not going there. I'm just, I'm just saying, do, do you see? We multiply, we're filling the earth. But everything that we have today is from seed. We sow it and we what? Reap it. Now, this is a natural law. It's also a spiritual law. That's why Jesus gave so many parables about what? Uh, 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 the word of God. It's like a farmer who went out and what? Sowed seed. Okay, so we reap the benefits of salvation. Now we have Jesus. We have the word of God in us. What does God command us to do? People aren't just going to all of a sudden magically what? Well, I'm saved. You know, I'm in church, I'm living for God. Now, no, what do we have to do? We have to go out and sow the seed of the word. We have to sow the love of Jesus. We have to sow the preaching of the gospel. And if we sow that seed, what? We're gonna get a harvest of people in the family of God. It's the same thing in your life. God told Adam and Eve, look, I've given you the seed. Now get out in the earth and multiply, fill it and subdue it. In your own life, watch this. God has given you the word of God. He has given you all the seed that you need to be everything that he's called you to be, to do everything that he's called you to do, and to live the blessed life that he wants you to have. You have all the seed you need. God is telling you this, listen, I've given you everything, but you have got to get out there and take dominion over your life. You've got to get out there and rise above your circumstances, rise above those things, exercise your faith, exercise your good works, start sowing to the spirit that you begin to reap the blessings of the spirit and the blessings of authority. God wants you to rule and reign. That's what it means when we're victorious in Jesus. Subdue your life. It's a spiritual principle. And it's also a natural principle. And here's something that you're, you need to remember, okay? When it comes to sowing seed, okay? When you sow a seed, you don't just get one, you get many. Okay? So for example, and I had this one time in my backyard. I had an orange tree in my backyard one time. Okay, but if you want an orange tree, what are you gonna have to do? You're gonna have to take the seed from an orange and what? It. Sow it. You're gonna have to plant it. But what happens when you plant that seed, one orange doesn't come up, does it? An orange tree comes up, doesn't it? With several oranges on it. That's the exciting thing about sowing and reaping. The unfortunate thing is it can work for bad or it can work for good. But you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Now, let's go back and look at Galatians Six, and uh, that scripture again, okay? Let's, let's specifically look at verse six and seven. Look what God says, do not be deceived. Everybody say, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also 
reap. Let me break down this scripture and, and what the apostle Paul is saying in a very serious tone here. He's basically saying this. If you don't believe this truth, if you don't believe this law, it says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you don't believe this, if you don't believe this principle, if you don't believe this law, listen, you are living in deception. You are living a lie. And in fact, if you don't believe, you say, oh man, that's sowing and reaping stuff. And if I give, I'm gonna get back and all that kind of stuff. Man, that's, man, that stuff doesn't work. That's what, you know what it's saying? That says basically you're mocking God. That word mock there, it literally means to, to turn your nose up at, to snub, to be like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Paul's saying, if you don't believe this truth, this law, you know what? You are living in deception and you're turning your nose up at God. To put it in a more serious tone, you know what that is? That's, that's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. What that is, what you take what is precious or what is true and you just, about God and who he is and you just, you defy it. Turn my nose up at you, God. See, I'm sure there's some visitors here today and you're like, man, I need to go to a nicer church. No, I mean, listen, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, there's some nicer churches around here. You can go in there and you can, you know, hear a fluffy message and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, I'm in a, put in a situation where I have to preach the Bible. This is one of the most dynamic, dynamic principles here. Okay, whatever sow you sow, you're going to reap good or bad. I mean, so think about, it talks about sowing to uh, the sin, sowing to the flesh and reach, reaping corruption, then sowing to the spirit and, and reaping a harvest of righteousness, reaping everlasting life. Okay, remember, whatever you sow, that's how you also reap. And so when we think about dead works, okay, but the very found, one of the very foundational truths in the Bible out of Hebrews chapter six is repentance from dead works. So when we were not living for Jesus, right? We were living for ourselves. We were sowing in sin. We were ripping corruption. Those things are called dead works. So what happens is when we come to Jesus, right? Now he comes into our lives. Now we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now Jesus has given us authority. Now we can take these laws of sowing and reaping and watch. We can undo the work of the enemy and we can begin to build a thriving, blessed life. So what do we do? Well, this is what repentance means. We repent from dead works. All that stuff I was sowing sin and negative and all that. We repent from that. That means we turn around and we start doing good works. We start sowing positive things. Now watch, watch, watch. This, you're saved by grace. Your good works has nothing to do with your salvation. You are saved by grace. No matter how many good works you do, no matter how, many, how much positive sowing you do, God's not gonna love you anymore. Let's be really clear about that. The laws of sowing and reaping, listen, they, they are for you. They're for you to have a blessed life. The Bible says that you can even be saved, but all your works burned up. 
but you yourself are saved. When we talk about sowing and reaping, you repent from dead works, you start doing good works and you start, man, people are doing things to you. You know what? You're gonna not sow bad. You're not gonna sow evil for evil. You're gonna sow good for evil and you're gonna learn how to obey the word of God and you're gonna forgive people and you're gonna do acts of kindness and you're gonna give of your finances and you're gonna serve and you're gonna show mercy and you're gonna show favor and you're gonna start building and reaping the fruit of the spirit. You're gonna start building and reaping blessings in your family, in your business, in your marriage and in your life. I'm telling you, you can be as blessed as you wanna be. If you understand the laws of sowing and reaping, and we all know, we can, we, we, many of us, we, can, we know the negative side, right? How many of you are very familiar of consequences that you reap from sin, right? And what's so deceptive about sin? You know, when you, when you sin, how many of y'all admit sin's fun? At least some of it. You know what I'm saying? What, what church am I at here? Listen, if you don't think sin is fun, you ain't, you ain't done it right. You ain't sinned right, I'm telling you. <laughs> some sin. <laughs> I mean, golly, cocaine. You ever had that? That makes you feel awesome. <laughs> pills are good. Pills are good. I'm just kidding. That was a quote from the movie Dumb and Dumber. I'm excited about Dumb and Dumber 2 coming out. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Sin, sowing sin can be fun, but boy, the harvest is so destructive, so painful. The harvest will, of sin will destroy you. It'll bring death to your soul. It'll fragment who you are. It brings the guilt. It brings the shame. All those consequences that we're so familiar with. But the good news is, watch. Here's what I say, watch. You behaved your way. You might be in a mess right now. You behaved your way into that mess. Guess what? You can behave yourself right out of that mess so much faster. So remember, legacies are built by, by our conduct, not our intentions. Now what? Here's the thing. The mess that you got yourself into, guess what? It was natural. So you sewed yourself into that mess the consequences you got that were natural. Here's the good news. But now you come to God, you say, no, Lord, I'm gonna submit to you. I have your power. You turn it around. You start sowing good works and good things and doing the right thing and telling the truth and forgiving and make it, you know, making a whatever you need to do. Watch this. Now you're sowing out in the supernatural with the supernatural power of God and God will bless you and through his grace and power and mercy, he will get you out of that mess so much faster than you got yourself into that mess. Okay, now watch. This is why the Apostle Paul says the very next verse after the whole, you know, if you sow the flesh, you reap corruption, sow the spirit, you reap light. But right after that, what does it say? Therefore, look, don't grow weary in what? Doing good. Why? Because many of you in here today, watch, you're reaping a harvest that somebody else has sown. You're reaping a negative harvest that someone else has sown or the own negative harvest that you have sown. Let me kind of speak to both of those dynamics real quick. Some of you, you're experiencing dysfunction, depression, pain, whatever it is, through someone else's. You're reaping the harvest from the negative things that someone else sowed. 
whether it was part of your family, whether it was part of your previous life in Christ, whether you're just going through something now and that's the fallen world that we live in. And here's what the apostle Paul's saying. Listen, you might be reaping the consequences of a negative harvest someone else has sown or the negative harvest you've sown or maybe a combination thereof. But watch this. Do not grow weary in doing good in sowing to the positive because guess what? one day that negative harvest is gonna die off and you're gonna start reaping all the positive things that you have been sowing and God is gonna get you out of that mess and he's gonna bless your life. Paul's saying this, you might be reaping the negative harvest of something that someone else sowed or maybe you were just in a bad season and you sowed it yourself. You start doing good. You return mercy for judgment. You put God first. You, you, you submit yourself unto God God's saying this, eventually that negative harvest will die off and you'll come in and you'll start reaping the positive harvest of the things that you have been sowing and God's blessing in your life. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Come on, how many of you are excited about that? So real quick, let me, let me uh, just show you how to get out real quick. Okay, this is in James chapter four, seven, uh, chapter Four, verse seven, look, therefore submit to God. Everybody say, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. All that means I'm repenting from dead works or I'm, let me me put it in basic terms. Three things you need to do. Whatever mess you're in, whether someone else sowed it or you sowed it or it's a combination there, first thing is you gotta own it. Everybody say, own it. Everybody say, it is what it is. I either dealt myself a bad hand or I got dealt a bad hand Life is not fair. Believe me, it'll be fair when Jesus comes back, but it is what it is. I'm gonna own it. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna grow weary and well and do. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna submit to God. I'm gonna say, God, I'm going your way and you're gonna take me out of this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go obey you and through the laws of sowing and reaping, I'm getting out of this thing. You, you, you own it, you own it, you submit to God and watch, you behave your way out. You behave your way out. You put Jesus first as best you can. No one's perfect as best you can. You put God first and you start sowing positively. Now look at this. Look at this real quick. Let me kind of show you about the proportion. We see the same kind. Look, proportion. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 9. Paul says this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Do you see it says, let each one give not with what he intends, with good intentions, but what? What he purposes, with his conduct, what he decides, what he's gonna do with an action, okay? It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now I'll say this, God also loves stingy givers. I just think it'll go better for you if you cheerfully give. And God is able to make all grace, everybody say all grace. All grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Look at this. And it is written, he dispersed abroad. What did he disperse? It's talking about seed here. He dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. Aren't we all poor? We come to Jesus, we're all poor, right? Some of us are poor in spirit. Some of us are poor naturally, but watch this. Now through the Holy Spirit, he's given you the power. He's given you gifts through the word of God that you can sow your way out of that thing. He'll bless you. He'll pick you up. He'll open the door. God will do all those things. But you decide... If you're gonna walk in obedience to God and sow to the spirit and sow in righteousness so you can reap the rewards of that, okay? So 
He has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. There's legacy right there. There's lasting legacy right there. It only comes through God. Now, let me give you a few contexts around this thing, okay? Right here in 2 Corinthians 9, he's specifically talking about money. I'm gonna show you how tools are used here and the broader picture of that, okay? He's specifically talking about money. Now, remember, in Galatians 6, he was talking about everything, whatever you sow. You reap, but what were we talking about? What you sow in kind, right? So if you sow money, what are you gonna do? You're gonna reap, not a trick question. You sow money, what are you gonna reap? Money, okay, but watch. But you reap so much more than that. Now this is, listen, it doesn't matter where you save, not save or whatever. You sow money into the kingdom of God, you are gonna reap money. But if you do it with, with the right heart, you reap so much more. And that's why in this scripture, a lot of times we look over that part where he says, he'll make all grace abound to you. How many of you, yes, okay, you give, you, you tithe, and that's one of the principles of the tithe. What is it? You always have your seed. You always have your seed, okay? That, that so when you give over and above, you just get a bigger harvest. But watch, how many of you, like, be, and I mean, I think all of us can relate to this. It's, there are some things like, like reaping money is not the top of my list. I would much more, man, there's some people I'd like to see healed. There's some other things in my life and my family. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, money's just money, right? Most of the things that we really need, money can't buy. Am I, am I right about that? Isn't that true? So watch this. But what does the Bible say? Whatever you sow, that reap. If you sow money, you're gonna reap back money. And you're going to reap back more than you sow because God's going to give it back to you in supernatural supply. Okay. But here's what we miss. Money is the tool. See, your money is not a dead work. It's an instrument. It is a living instrument. Okay. Watch when you give your money, let's just say you're giving your money to the kingdom of God, to the church, to a missions project, building, whatever that is. When you give that money, it's more than money, isn't it? What are you giving in your heart? You're sacrificing, why? Because you could have used that money to meet one of your own needs. Can I have a good amen to that? Do you see what I'm saying? That money could have got you something, but what you chose was you chose to take that money and what? Sow it into God's kingdom so others can benefit. So more people can be saved in Orlando. So more kids can be fed in Africa. So more youth can come to Christ. So, so more marriages can be healed. So you're not just giving the money, but you're sowing in the spirit sacrifice, generosity, selflessness. Are you following me? So what God's saying is, I'm not only gonna bless you back money, but you know what? I'm gonna, you show so sacrifice into my house, I'm gonna bless you back so much more in your house. You have needs in your family as you sow that. Money's only the instrument that brings out the greater sacrifice of our hearts, which is, why, oh, that, that is such good preaching. That's why, what is, that's why what does Jesus say? Where your treasure is, there your what? Your heart will be, so you're sowing generosity, you're sowing sacrificially, you're putting others before yourself, you're bringing people into the kingdom of God. So God's saying, you're not only gonna reap, reap back money, you are, that's the natural kind you're gonna reap back, but you're gonna reap back all these blessings, all grace of what, whatever you need in your family, in your house, because you're sowing sacrificially into my house. Come on, can you give him a hand for that one more time? Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe 
receive all this, you give to God and he gives back to you. And da, da, da. let me be real clear here. We don't obey God or give to God to, give back, to get back. We obey God for his glory and because we love him. And because it is the right thing to do. Okay? But I'll tell you this. What you give to God and as you obey God, it is a supernatural and natural irrevocable, eternal law. You will reap back what you sow. And if you say, well, I just don't believe that. You know what? You are back to the apostle Paul, not Stovall, back to the apostle Paul. You're in deception. You're in deception and you're turning your nose up at God and you don't understand the context. You have the idea. And here's where the, um, I was going to say, that, that was my sound for disconnect. That wasn't a good sound, was it? I was like, I don't have a disconnect sound. You know what sound I, I just gave, uh, gave you? That is the stop call, a, a turkey stop call. That's what I just gave you. See the hunting things still there. So when a turkey's walking down the road and, you, and you're hunting him, and if he won't stop, because you got to shoot him while he's still, if he won't stop, you got to do this, boop, and he'll stop and pick up his head and you're like, boop. Watch, watch, come to pastor, back to pastor, come back. You enjoy your Thanksgiving meal. You enjoy your Thanksgiving meal. You you let pastor do the dirty work, okay? You You don't think about how it got to the store and then on your table. You let, you let me take care of that, okay? But that's where the disconnect is for the church. Watch, here's what the church thinks. We think we can just have good intentions, that God's just gonna, he's just gonna bless us. No, we reap what we sow. Look, let me give you, real quickly, real quickly, and we'll close here. Let me give you three truths from law number two, okay? Three truths from law, law number two. We reap in kind of what we sow, okay? And, and three principles that you need to understand. Here's, and this could also be like, whatever, like, you know, advice for farmers. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I don't farm, but... It is what it is. Number one, don't eat all of your seed. Don't eat all of your seed, okay? So watch this. I I plant a seed. I have an orange tree, right? But if I want another orange tree, I better at least save one orange so I can take the seed from that one and plant it again. Here's what we think. It's like we, we plant something. We have one thing there. We eat all of it. And you know what? We think, man, why don't I have more orange trees? Why don't I have more of this blessing? Why don't I have more of that blessing? I've been working. Uh, the soul's good. The weather's right. I'm doing what I, the, the, all the things that I need to do. Listen, it does, you, you can do all those things. What you reap, what you what? So if I want four more orange trees, I'm going to have to plant four more seeds. And I can't eat all of the oranges because that's my seed. That's what the tithe is. That's why it's holy and sacred. God's like, you can't eat all your seed. You got to at least foundationally start with the tithe so that there's a financial seed going into my kingdom so that you can reap what you sow and I can rebuke the devourer from your life and bless you back and take your 90% so much further with my blessing than your 100% could go without my blessing. You can clap to that too. Okay, same thing with, okay, Stovall, watch, watch. Here's another thing. You're gonna understand 
of the principle of the Sabbath right here. Okay, well, you're talking about money and stuff like that, but what about like good works? What about serving people and being acts of kindness and compliments? How do I eat that seed? Watch. The reason that we don't look out for others, the reason that we don't respond to the people in our path in life, how God wants us to respond, watch this, is because we're too tired and we're too fatigued. And that's why God gave us the principle of the Sabbath. It's by faith, regardless of how you feel, you've gotta have some Sabbath moments during your day and you've gotta have a Sabbath once a week where you can recharge. It's not just going to church, where you can recharge your soul, do things for yourself, where you're not answering the emails, where you don't have deadlines and all those things so you can recharge your soul, watch. So you can have the energy to do good works and serve people and love on people and do acts of kindness throughout the week. If you don't have that, guess what? You're eating your seed. You're using all your energy up on yourself. And I promise God will take 90%. You give that Sabbath to God, he'll do the same thing. He'll bless your time and your energy so much more than you just burning yourself out and frying yourself. So don't eat all of your seed. Number two, plant what you want to harvest. Plant what you want to harvest. If I plant some seeds and I get a few orange trees and then I walk up and I'm like, man, where's my bananas? What's going on here? And a farmer came up to me, we're like, well, what, what did you plant? I said, well, I planted orange seeds. But I mean, I've got a few orange trees. I'm doing all right with the oranges. I need bananas. He'd be like, what's wrong with you? If you want bananas, you need to plant what you want to harvest. And we think that's insane. We think that's like, oh, that's God. Well, that's dust of all. But let me ask you this. How many of you want favor in your life? Do you want favor? Well, if you want favor, are you sowing favor on others? Watch, how many of you want people to speak well of you? Be honest, you want people to speak well of you? Talk good about you? Well, if you want people to talk good about you, why are you talking so bad about everybody else? If you want favor, why are you sowing gossip? If you want mercy, why are you sowing judgment? If you want forgiveness, why are you harboring resentment? It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing. If you say, man, I need some favor in my life. I would come to you. God would come to you. The angels would come to you and they'd be like, okay, where's your favor seeds? Who have you shown favor to? Do you see how God has this whole thing working? He benefits, you benefit. We build character, others. God's brilliant. He's just, he's brilliant. And he creates principles and laws that are just easy to understand and easy to apply to our lives. If you want a financial blessing, you've got to sow financially. It's awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. You know what else I'm doing? Guess what? I'm preaching long today. Deal with that. That's right. How about that. I'm going, I'm going, look, I'm already nine minutes over time. I'm going another five. Because I want to sow into you. 
last thing, I'm closing with this. Look, so you plant what you want to harvest. You plant the amount you want to harvest. You want 10 banana trees, you got to plant at least 10 banana seeds. But here's the good news. Now look, okay, now we've gone from Paul to Jesus, okay? Here's Jesus, Luke 6, 37, 38. Look, do not judge others and you will not be judged. What is he saying? Sow mercy, you'll get mercy back. You sow judgment, you're gonna, you're gonna reap what you sow. Jesus is telling us this. Do not condemn others or it will all come back. Look at that, all. It will all come back against you. This is New Testament teaching. It will all come back against you. Look, forgive others and you will be forgiven. You reap what you sow. Look what he says. Give and you will what? Receive. Look at this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you what? Here's the awesome thing. Remember, you sow in the natural, but what does God do? He brings it back in the supernatural. Give, where does it go? Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you, look, in full. Now watch this. Jesus is saying, it's gonna return to you in full. Not the full you gave, but the full I'm gonna give back to you. In full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will what? It will determine the amount you get back. The amount that you give, Jesus says, the amount that you sow, it, that is the term, determining factor of what you give back. Are you ready? This is my power statement for today. Are you ready? God does not decide how blessed you are. You do. God does not decide how blessed you are. You do. This is red letter preaching right here. Red letter, this is the mouth of Jesus. What you give, that's what determines, not God. Oh, God's gonna get, respond to it. But what you give, that's what return, determines what comes back to you. And God's gonna give it pressed down, shaken together, overflowing and running into your lap. You know what Jesus is, is alluding to? He's alluding to a biblical illustration that was very common back in biblical times when owners of land that had a harvest, they would hire workers to reap the crop, okay? And it would be a few weeks and these workers would come out and they would have these big bushels and they'd take in the, you know, the wheat, the grain, whatever. And they would take these bushels and they bring them from the field to the barn, from the field to the barn. And so you can think, about that that's hard work for a few weeks long days and so when they're filling up a bushel yeah they'll kind of fluff it up to the top but you know what I'm saying it's really not all the way full come on like I know you men can relate to this like when your wife asked you to take out the trash you know she asked you to take out the trash and you go and you look at the garbage can you're like you know it's even though it's up to the top you're like you think this is full you know you like press down shake that thing together, press it down some more. You're like, man, it's like a third full. I need to finish watching the game. Okay, that's kind of how they would fill up those things. But God's saying this, what I give back to you, my full is not your full. You, now it's in your proportion. You see what I'm saying? You sow a little, you'll get a little back in proportion. But that proportion, you bring me whatever that container amount is. You give big, a big container, a medium container, whatever you do that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you back, but I'm going to press that thing down. I'm going to give more. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to shake that thing. I'm going to give you so much more blessing. I'm going to... And scholars say this, scholars say one of the favorite times in the harvest season back in Bible days was to watch the workers, because watch, on the last day, 
of the harvest, the bushel that the workers took back, they got to keep for themselves for their own payment or for a bonus for a good job. So the last day of the harvest, the last bushel, they got to do for themselves. You think that bushel was a little bit bigger than the ones they had been bringing back to the barn for three weeks? No, you know what? They would press that thing down, shake it, press some more, press some more. Press. They called their friends in to help them. They would stack that because whatever they could carry out, they got to keep. So there stood the, one of the favorite things to do at the end of the harvest, the family and friends would come over and help them and people would watch them and be like, how much can you actually carry out? And they'd be carrying out with their friends out of the heart and things would, but the, the grain and wheat, it'd be falling all over them, literally flowing over their laps. I'm telling you, when you sow into God, what you give to God, he's gonna bless you and your family back so much more. He wants to overflow that blessing in your life. He wants to overflow blessing in your finances, in your business, but watch, you determine that. You determine it. He's given all of us all the seed through good works, through tools like money, through other things, all the seed. You have all the seed you need to be so blessed in every area of your life. Father, thank you for your word. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, here's what I want to ask you a few things. Okay, first of all, how many of you would just say, Stovall, from now on, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna be deceived about this law. I'm not gonna take this lightly. I'm not gonna take this for granted. I'm not gonna turn my nose up at, at, at God. From this day forward, I'm gonna take the law of, of sowing and reaping seriously. Would you just raise a hand right now, wherever you are? At all of our locations, so many hands are going up right now. How many of you would say this? You can put those hands down. How many of you are in one of those seasons and you're reaping a negative harvest that maybe somebody else sowed. Maybe you sowed it, maybe it's a combination, but you've, you've grown weary in that. But you're gonna take heart today. I wanna let you know God is for you. He is so for you. And I promise you, you will reap a good harvest. That negative harvest will die off and you will come into a good harvest. If you keep sowing what's good, you keep forgiving, you keep being honest, you, you do what you need to do, you do what is right. You're gonna come, how many of you just need some strength today because you've been in a weary season? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm telling you, strength's coming today. Your reaping is coming. It's coming in due season. Remember that, due season. We're gonna talk a little bit about that next week. And you can put those hands down. How many of you would say this? You just say, Stovall, I'm away from Jesus. I'm away from God today. And I need, to, I need to surrender myself afresh to God. I need to do what you, you talked about there in James. I, I need to submit myself unto God. And you submit yourself unto God. You surrender your life to Jesus. I promise you so many of those negative things, the devil's gonna free, flee from you. And now you're gonna begin to, to build a life of blessing through his power. If you just say, Stovall, I need to commit or recommit my life to Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. Would you just slip a hand up wherever you are? There's lots of hands going up right now. Lots of hands going up. You can put them down. I look up here real quick. Here's what I want you to do, okay? First of all, if you're one of those people that raised your hand to commit or recommit your life to Christ, uh, immediately following this service in just a second, I want you to go to Celebration Connect. Uh, in the four years of all of our locations. And we have a, a, a gift we wanna give, give you. We just wanna shake your hand and thank you for being here, okay? But right now, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And if you raise your hand for any reason, I want you to repeat this prayer. I want you to mean it with all your heart. And even if you didn't and you're part of celebration, just say this. Let's all say this together as a declaration of faith 
here today. Come on, how many of you are excited because you realized you get to decide how blessed you are? How many of you are excited? That's something to be excited about. Something to be excited about. It's not up to God. Listen, God's promises are yes and amen. It's not up to him. He, he's ready to bless you. It's up to you through the laws of sowing and reaping. So repeat this prayer. Close your eyes real quickly. Repeat this prayer and mean it with all your heart. Okay, say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Lord, I repent from my sin and from my dead works. And I turn to you. I put my faith in you. Jesus, I thank you that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Thank you for forgiveness and everlasting life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and fill me with power. And from this day forward, I'm going to sow to the good. I'm going to sow to the Spirit. I'm going to sow works of righteousness. And Lord, I'm going to reap a mighty blessing, many blessings into my life. God, I thank you for the strength that I need, the joy that I need to continue to sow to that which is good. I will not give up. I will not grow weary, but I will see my harvest of blessing come in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.